Okay, uh, we're on page 32, I guess. Uh, page 32, um, you guys might be one page off, but we are looking at understanding the supernatural in the natural. Uh, principles of Bible study, we've gone through uh, most of them, uh, the majority of them so far, a good 75, 80% now. Uh, last week, since it had been four months since we met on the subject, went ahead and went over everything we've done previously, and that was very brief and very rushed. Uh, but you can go to the webpage and uh, click on listen, and, uh, and you can catch up or just sit down, take your time, fill out um, uh, your notes, or you can get a hold of the, uh, the handouts and fill in everything that you need there. Okay, so um, tonight, let me remind you, first of all, what is the very first principle of Bible study that we talked about? Anybody? Context. Always context. If you get the context wrong, man, everything else is going to be out of whack. Uh, one of the things we talked about also, uh, that's the very first thing, context. Get the context right. No one likes to be taken out of context uh, when they're quoted, uh, least of all uh, the God of heaven, the God of our salvation. Um, and you owe it to him to, to quote him right and to get into there to find out the context when he says something. What's the context of that? That's a big deal. Um, everything else really helps to determine or helps to determine the context, to uh, solidify it, to take it from a jigsaw with a thousand pieces into the finished product, the revealed picture, the revealed uh, truth so that you can see it and apply it. Remember, um, we do this so that we can learn and build through application. Uh, you know, if you've got uh, all the best materials to build a house or the best weight set in the world, if you do not use those materials, you won't get the house built and you won't get in good shape if you don't use them, okay? So having them is not enough. Um, have your Bible, read your Bible, study these things, apply these things. It is not an osmosis. It is an application. So having said that, uh, remember, and I hope you guys have been doing this as you read daily. Uh, I hope you're reading daily. Uh, you should be. We all should. Uh, is there anybody here that goes a day without eating? Anybody? I'm just checking out. You don't usually lie, brother. <laughs> okay. If you don't go without eating, which you shouldn't, because if you don't, you get weak, right? But if you're willing to feed your flesh daily, because that's what we're doing, then be willing to go above and beyond, and really that's just base, and feed your spirit, okay, your soul, that, that circumcised part of you um, that belongs to the Lord Jesus Christ who saved you. Feed, okay? Don't feed your flesh and then ignore the spirit. Feed that thing. Feed it. Feed it. Get in here. Eat well. Every, no, place, no matter where you eat here, you're eating good, okay? Sirloin right? The good stuff. Chew it up. It's like all those things your mom and your grandmother and your dad said, you know, chew 30 times, you know. Take your time. Get it down. Don't just wolf it down and walk out. I did that and wasted three years of my life, man, getting all kinds of knowledge. And, and finally, because, you know, I'm like a mule. You got to hit me in the head with a board a few times to get my attention. I realized I need to stop. 
and actually digest this, not just wolf it down and stick it on the shelf. Okay, I got that one read, and I know this, and I know this. Because until you apply it, you don't really know anything, right? Until you've hit yourself in the sun with a hammer, you don't know how to use a hammer, right? Anybody that swung a hammer knows what I'm talking about, okay? Same thing. So tonight, we're going to look at the subject of the supernatural, in other words, God. Now, a lot of times Christians in Christianity uh, in the past have wanted to deny, oh, there's no such thing as the supernatural. I'm like, well, that's about stupid. God is supernatural, okay? The natural man doesn't like the things of God, but the supernatural man, okay, that's where it's at. Now, make sure you know, like the Bible says, try the spirits of what sort they are, okay? That's why you get in the Word of God, so that you can tell, hey, is this one, you know, anybody here ever gone mushroom hunting? Right? Oh, okay, I was going to say, man, if you haven't gone mushroom hunting and you live in Missouri, you are not living right, okay? L mushrooms are delicious, I love them. But you got to look at it, don't you? You got to make sure you get the right one. If you don't, you, you could be sick or worse, right? Well, it's the same thing. Just because it sounds spiritual and it looks spiritual doesn't mean it won't make you sick or kill you. Better try it. What's really great about this particular um, principle is that it takes the things that we see all the time and shows you God in them, okay? And that's what's awesome. Turn over to Romans chapter 1. We're going to start there and... The principle here is very simple, um, it's, uh, and, and it's found right here in Romans chapter 1 and verse 20. Um, we're going to start in verse uh, 19. Heck, we'll start in 18. All right, Romans 1, chapter 1, starting in verse 18. For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who hold the truth. Okay, they have the truth in unrighteousness. Just because they have the truth doesn't mean you're doing it righteously. Verse 19, because, and notice there's a semicolon at the end of 18, 19. Because that which may be known of God is manifest in them, for God hath showed it unto them. Now, here's our, the key verse, verse 20. For the invisible things of him, God, from the creation of the world are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, even as eternal power and Godhead, so that they are without excuse. Without excuse. So the invisible things of God, in other words, the things that you and I can't see because we live in a physical world, but God is a what? What does the Bible say that God is? He is spirit. That's right. God is a spirit. And they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. So you've got to have the spirit of God in you. You've got to be saved. And you've got to have the truth, a Bible, okay, a pure Bible, all right? John 17, sanctify them through thy truth. Thy word is truth. So spirit and truth, you've got to have that, all right? Those invisible things that we can't see, he says there, plainly, are clearly seen, right? Isn't that the, the verbiage there? Are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, even as eternal, his, his eternal power and Godhead. Those things can be seen in the natural things, 
Why is that? Anybody got an idea? Okay, types, that's it. Say again. It, it is, it's supernatural. Here's something else. In, in uh, Genesis chapter 1, it says, you know, we all know that story, okay? If you don't, go back and read it. But he goes through and talks about a lot of things, and he takes time then. He slows down to talk about the six, seven days of creation. And on that sixth day, he makes man in, in what? In his image and his likeness. Okay, now when man sinned, when Adam sinned, he lost the image. But the likeness remained. Well, guess what? God is light. God is light. He made everything here with a purpose and himself. So it's natural. Yeah, have you ever seen, I don't know how many of you guys are really into the art world, okay? But you know there are, are people in the art, wheel, art world that can look at a picture and immediately tell that is not an original. Even though if you look at the original and you look at it, I, I can't. They look the same to me. They said, nope, the brush strokes are different. The, the brush strokes? What? But they can see that. You know why? Because they're used to looking at it all the time. You know why we don't see God every day? Because we're not used to looking at him all the time. When you do, it becomes very obvious. Very obvious. And what happens is just like the, the counterfeit principle, they call it. You know, the way they used to, to train people to find counterfeit bills was not study every counterfeit thing out there, although they did that. But the key was they knew the real deal inside and out, what it felt like, what it tastes like, what it, what it feels like, what it smells like. And when they picked up something that, that wasn't like that, they're like, I don't know what's wrong, but something's not right. You know, you know your Bible and you hear something, you're like, it sounds spiritual, sounds Christian, but it's like, hmm, you know what? Something's not right about that. Like, I, I can't play a guitar, but I can tell you when it's out of tune. Can't you? You're like, that ain't right, <laughs> okay? That is not right. I can't do it, but I know something is not right. Well, when you know the Word of God, and when you're used to looking at it, you will begin to see him in everything. Okay, you'll see his hand. And that's what this is all about. Okay, point A, all right. The Bible clearly states here that God manifests himself, the truth, through creation. All right, there in Romans 1.20. So God teaches through illustration or, as the brother said, types, pictures, okay, and, and, which is great because it allows me to see who he is and what's going on. And there's a lot of pa passages that illustrate this truth. Turn over to John Chapter 6, the Gospel of John. I'm going the wrong way. John chapter 6, and we'll look at verses 23 and 47. John chapter 6, verse 23 says, Howbeit there came other, let me start with 22, just because there's a paragraph marker there, okay? Uh, John 6, 20, uh, 22. The day following, when the people which stood on the other side of the sea saw that there was none other boat there, save that one whereinto his disciples were entered, and that Jesus went not with his disciples into the boat, but that his disciples were gone away alone. Then this verse is in parentheses, okay? Howbeit there came other boats from Tiberias 
nigh unto the place where they did eat bread, after that the Lord had given thanks. Now look at verse 47. Verily, verily, I say unto you, he that believeth on me hath everlasting life. Now Jesus taught here by using things familiar to all, in this case Jews, to reveal truth to those who are spiritually blind. Uh, Israel to this day, if you go back in, into the book of Romans, chapters 9, 10, 11, we find that Israel is spiritually blind uh, because they chose to reject him, okay? They were blind here even, though, before this because they were looking for something other than what God had actually told them. And so when you, when you come down here, uh, here here's the picture. Uh, they're following... And this is funny because in verse 21 it says, Then they willingly received him into the ship, and immediately the ship was at, at the land whither they went. And now the next day was where we're reading about, and they see these folks on the other side of the sea. And when he says in verse 23, Howbeit there came other boats from Tiberias, uh, nigh unto the place where they did eat bread, after that the Lord had given thanks. He had already done this, so they came afterwards because they heard about it. They saw it. They wanted, they wanted more, right? They wanted more of this. And so he's trying to reveal to them some truth, which is they needed the bread of life. Okay? Verse 47 there says, Verily, verily, I say unto you, he that believeth on me hath everlasting life. Now, why was that bread of life? What's the picture when it comes to everlasting life? Okay, word of God, and that is true. But, but who is the bread of life? Jesus, you can't have everlasting life without the bread of life, okay? So these pictures are here to show us. Now, God has used creation to reveal uh, to all truth that otherwise we wouldn't necessarily see. So it helps us to see because we have eyes. I don't care if you have 20-20 vision. We don't see right. We only see on this plane. I can't see heaven from here. I wish I could. Now, I can look through the lens of this Bible and I can see it. It's better than any telescope anywhere in the world. I can look through that lens and I can see it. But it, I can't see it with these eyes. They, they, don't, they don't work right, even when they're the best they can be here. Okay? So let's look at some examples. This is B, of physical creation manifesting truth. Uh, and we'll start with the sun. Now, the sun is a picture of the Godhead. All right, what am I talking about here? Turn over to uh, 1 John chapter 5. 1 John, it'll be towards the end of your New Testament. 1 John chapter 5. The Godhead is composed of God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit, right? Three parts. And remember uh, how we looked at and talked about uh, numbers and the number three. Three has to do with... Um, the order of the universe. Um, we also looked at how the Bible speaks of three groups of people, uh, Jews, Gentile, the church. Um, there's, you see threes over and over. Why? Because he made us, he made things in his likeness. And he is a triune being. So you have God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, just like us. We have body, soul, and spirit. Now, if you're saved, you have a live spirit because the Holy Spirit of God came in, performed that circumcision 
okay, that operation made without hands in the cutting away of the flesh from the, from the soul and spirit, which the Holy Spirit of God is in. And that's twofold reason there. One, because you just got born into his family. That's a part of what happens there. Um, but also because that, you know, I know that in me, Paul says, that is in my flesh dwelleth what? No good thing. This, this, this is a body of sin, okay? So God's got to cut it away in that operation made without hands because he can't be a part of that. And he lives inside you and I if you're saved tonight, okay? So things going on there. So here's the Godhead, try, three, three uh, parts. So First John chapter 5, and look at verse 7. Verse 7 says, For there are three that bear record in heaven, the Father, the Word, and the Holy Ghost, and these three are one. Now, notice uh, something there. You see God the Father? You see God the, the Holy Ghost? You see God the Son? All right? The Word. The Word. That's Jesus right there. Okay? Now, come over to Colossians chapter 2. We're going, to be, we're going to be using our Bibles today. Colossians chapter 2. And look at verse 9. It says, for in him, talking about Jesus Christ, in fact, let's back up to verse 8. Uh, Beware lest any man spoil you through philosophy and vain deceit, after the tradition of men, after the rudiments of the world, and not after Christ. For in him, Jesus, dwelleth all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. Okay? So in Jesus was the fullness of all three. Okay? So what are we talking about here? He is, and the Godhead is seen in him. All right? What's, what's that all about? So we've got God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, Jesus, uh, you know, in him is that fullness, and he is the word itself, okay? Um, come over to Malachi, your last chapter in the Old Testament, okay? Or some people like to say the book of Malachi, the Italian book in their Bible. I grew up around Italians. I don't have a drop of Italian blood in me, but I like good old Malachi, or Malachi. And if you look at chapter 4, the last chapter in your Bible, verses 1 and 2, look what he says. For behold, the day cometh that shall burn as an oven, and all the proud, yea, and all that do wickedly shall be stubble, and the day that cometh shall burn them up, saith the Lord of hosts, and it shall leave them neither root nor branch. But unto you that fear my name shall the Son of Righteousness Arise with healing in his wings, and ye shall go forth and grow up as calves of the stall. Now, we're talking about the Lord of hosts there, right? I mean, he says that in verse 1. But I want you to look at verse 2, where it says, Son of righteousness. Right? It says, Son of righteousness. And it says right there, But unto you that fear my name shall the Son of righteousness arise with healing in its wings, his wings. So it's a person, male. But look at the spelling of son. It's S-U-N. 
okay? S-U-N, the son of righteousness. So when it comes to the Godhead, you have three parts, okay? Just like the son that you can look at every day, all right? Now, you have uh, those uh, light rays, x-rays, and heat rays. What, what do uh, what do X-rays do? Yeah, they they hit you. Can you feel them? Can you see them? No, that's like God the Father. What about light rays? Can you feel them? You can't feel light rays, but you can see them, right? Like Jesus. And then heat rays. You can't see them on a cloudy day. You can't see it. Although it's light, we say light, but you can feel the heat, can't you? And when you go out, even with your eyes, I don't know if you ever do this, but I, I love to do this. I love sun. I love living in Arizona. You know, it's just like, and just my eyes are closed and I'm just soaking up vitamin D, right? <laughs> soaking up that heat. It feels really good, especially if you have a bad back like me. It just, oh, I love that heat. It feels good, right? Now, the humidity, no, that's from the devil. That's, I'm just kidding. That, that's just my own personal thing there. But, again, the Son, three different things. God the Father, x-rays, can't see them or feel them. But they're, they're hitting you, okay? They're affecting you. God the Son, light rays. You can see them, but you can't feel them. And, and then God the, the Spirit, the, the heat rays. You can feel them, but you can't see them. Make sense, see? So God shows you in something that you see every single day, the Godhead. Now, we all know Ron back here, our brother, is, is blind. Ron, can you feel those heat rays? Of course, we all can, right? Because that's a feel thing. What about the light rays? Can't see them. Can't see them because he's blind. You know what happens with the lost? They can't see because they're blind, right? The Bible tells us that the wicked one, the devil, he, he's blinded the eyes of those who are lost lest they see the glorious gospel. You know what you and I are supposed to be doing? Telling them, hey, you see that up there? That's right. Showing them that light. Letting them know so they can come out of that blindness. Guess what? Ron's blind right now, but you know what? When that trumpet blows and we all get caught up into the heaven, guess who's going to be shouting loud because he can see? Amen? Right? That's what you need to be doing. We need to be talking to folks, sharing the gospel with them to bring them out of darkness into light. That heat they're feeling, that, that conviction from the Holy Spirit of God. Don't get in the way of that. Don't block that. Make sure that you're walking right, living right. So that you can tell them, hey, you know what you're feeling? There's also light rays coming in there. Okay? Gives you some, give you, gives you a, a way to share the gospel through something they're looking at every single day. Uh, look over at 2 Peter chapter 1, back towards the end of your New Testament after Hebrews and James. 2 Peter chapter 1. In verse 19, now there's a whole lot we can say about this whole passage here, but I want to, there's just one thing I want you to see here, one, and that's the resurrection power that we see in the Godhead. 
He says in verse 19, he says, in fact, let me, let me back up to 17. For he received from God the Father, talking about Jesus on, on the Mount of Transfiguration when he was there with Peter, James, and John. It says, for he received from God the Father honor and glory when there came such a voice to him from the excellent glory, this is my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. And this voice which came from heaven we heard when we were with him in the holy mount. We have also a more sure word of prophecy, whereunto ye do well that ye take heed as unto a light that shineth in a dark place until the day dawn and the day star rise in your hearts. Okay? Now, there's a whole lot going on there. You know, back in Matthew 17, you see where this takes place. And it's talking about the fact that, that the voice of God, the word of God, in other words, um, that more sure word of prophecy is more sure than hearing the voice. Because, you know, have you ever played the telegraph game, right? Everybody hears something a little bit different, even though they're told the same thing, right? Okay. We, we all have experienced that without playing, playing the game. That's why God gave us a Bible, right? But here's the real key here. Look at this. It says, we have a more sure word of prophecy, whereunto you do well that you take heed as unto a light that shineth in a dark place until the day dawn and the day start rising in your hearts. That's what we were talking about. Man, we need to be clean. What's a lighthouse do? It, it, it shines a light, Right? When is that light seen best? Say again. When it's dark, right? What else over here? Say it one more time. Twelve and a half miles or less. That has to do with the whole curvature of the earth and things like that. That's true. And you're all right and you're all wrong. Because you can be two miles out. It can be dark because you do see light better in darkness than you do when it's not dark. You know when you see it best? When the windows are clean. If the windows aren't clean, it's hard to see. If they're blacked out. To see a lighthouse is something that stands out there in the midst of the sea on a peninsula. All right? Right there where, where it's really in a dangerous place. That's not where you want to stand in a storm, by the way. You're going to get swept off. You ever seen those fails videos, you know, on YouTube or whatever? They're kind of fun to watch, and after a while, it's just like, this is too painful, man. You know, either because people are really getting hurt or because they're just stupid. Okay, I'm sorry to say it plain, but that's just it. You know, if you're standing up on a rock and these waves are coming, I don't know why you don't understand you're going to get swept off and just your world's going to get rocked and scraped up, okay? If you were five, I would get it. Same thing with a lighthouse. Christians, we're, we're not called to an easy life, a charmed life where everything just, you know, oh, gosh, if I, if I just love God and I read his Bible and I go to church right and I do some good things, life is just going to be fantastic and everything's going to be no problems. Yeah, it's a lie of the devil, man. Cause it, it, I don't know if you've been reading your Bible for real, but that does not work for anybody, okay? You know where they are? They're out on that peninsula in the midst of a storm. They're getting rocked. But if you're doing it like David told us, right, in Psalms, hey, I'm, I'm your strong tower, God says. 
He told David, I'm your strong tower. Run into me. Hide in me. That's what we, who have the light, right? We have the light, don't you? Yeah. And, and we're supposed to be in that strong tower, not in our own power, not our tower, his tower. And I got to keep that thing because he bought me. He bought you with his own precious blood, right? Now, my job is not to boast about the fact, hey, I own this tower, it's mine. This lighthouse is mine. You want to pay me, I'll let you come up and look out. Okay, Joel Osteen or whoever, that's not how that works. Okay, my job is to maintain that. Come over to Titus chapter 3, I'm going to show you something. Titus chapter 3. In Titus chapter 3, look at verse 8. This is a faithful saying, and these things I will that thou affirm constantly. Now, this is Paul writing to Titus. He's telling him, man, you need to affirm these things constantly, every day, all the time. That they which have believed in God, that's everybody here tonight, Right? might be careful to what? Maintain. Maintain good works. These things, these things are good and profitable unto men. Come down to verse 14. It says, And let ours also learn to maintain good works for necessary uses, that they be not, what? Unfruitful. Did you listen to Pastor Boyette's message Sunday? If you haven't, go back and listen to it. That you be not unfruitful. Our job is to maintain. You know, when you build a, when somebody builds a brand new building or house, it's great, right? Everything's nice and new. What, what starts happening immediately? It starts breaking down, right? That's just first thing in law of thermodynamics. Everything winds down. It breaks down, including us. In these bodies, my job and your job is to maintain those good works, to keep the windows on the lighthouse clean, my life clean, your life clean, washed in the water of the word, walking clean. Why? Because there are folks out there on the waves whose lives are in peril of hell. And if your lighthouse isn't clean, they're not going to see the light. And they're going to perish. Amen? That's our job, guys. I know we want to think we're, I'm going to be the next Christian rock star, whatever that may be. No, you know what your job is? You know what a pastor's job is? To be the maintenance man. You know that guy you made fun of in, in school? The guy that had all the keys. He could get into any room. Had every supply that you needed. Had access to every supply that you needed. You catching this? Every supply that you need got the keys. Got them held. Whatever that need is, we are supposed to do the same. Okay. Even the composition of the sun itself, when we talk about this, main, uh, manifests the attributes of the Godhead, the rays of the sun representing those different attributes that we talked about. 
uh, light rays, x-rays, heat rays. Uh, second thing, the moon. How much time I got? Okay. Yeah, I'm nearsighted, so I take my glasses off so I can actually read, okay? <laughs> Otherwise, I can't. But I can't see the clock, which for me is good, but for everybody else, not so good, <laughs> okay? Uh, come over to Song of Solomon. Song of Solomon, back there in the wisdom books, the last of them. Really, your whole Bible is wisdom books, but you know what I'm saying, the way they break the Bible down a lot of times. Song of Solomon, and we're going to look in chapter 6. What I want to look at and show you is this. Again, understanding the supernatural in the natural. We saw it with the sun, okay? And it revealed to us God and his Godhead, right? And what that means to us and, and how we should respond. And that is we should keep our lighthouses clean, right? With, with that light that he gave us, all right? Second thing I want to look at is the moon, okay? Something else. That you can see. Now, what's really cool about this, if you go back to Genesis chapter 1, he tells you, what, you got, you got the sun to rule the day and the moon to rule the night, right? There's no time that one of those two isn't up there, okay? Sometimes both, okay? So what's the moon a picture of? What does that show me in the supernatural? Let's take a look, okay? The moon, and I'll just tell you this, and we'll see it. The moon pictures the Christian's reflection of the sun in a dark world, in the nighttime, right? Does the moon have any light of its own? Huh? No. It reflects the light of the sun. That's my job. That's your job, the light, right? Okay, let's take a look at this. Song of Solomon, chapter 6, start, start in verse 9, and we'll read 9 and 10. He says, My dove... My undefiled is but one. She is the only one of her mother. She is the choice one of her that bear her. The daughters saw her and blessed her, yea, the queens and the concubines, and they praised her. Who is she that looketh forth as the morning, fair as the moon, clear as the sun, and terrible as an army with banners? Now, I want you to notice, we, we noticed before that the word said his, denoting male. What are we seeing here? Say it louder. Female, right? Female, in verse 10 and in verse 9, my dove, my undefiled is but one, in verse 9, she, she, and, and then it's talking about she. Now this is just... Again, we're not going to study out Song of Solomon. That is a fantastic study and shows you more than you, you can imagine. It's like opening up, you know, uh, if any of you play Fortnite, this is the chest you want, man. It's got everything in it. I'm just telling you, it's amazing what's in this book, okay? But this is the Lord Jesus talking about his bride. Well, who's his bride? We are. That's right, the church, the church. And notice there in verse 10, he says, who is she? That looketh forth as the morning, fair as the moon. Fair as the moon. Okay? Very cool. The moon rolls over the night. Genesis 1, again, you know, we talked about that, verse 14 to 18. Look at 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. 1 Thessalonians. In your New Testament there. 
First Thessalonians chapter 5. You remember in Genesis 14 through, or 1, 14 through 18, it talks about um, God making the sun and the moon and stars and everything, but the sun to rule the day, the moon to rule the night. Okay, look there in verse 5. He says, but ye, in chapter 5, verse 5, ye are all the children of what? Light. Light. And the children of the day. We are not of the night, nor of the darkness. Remember, we're in the world, not of the world. We're children of light, according to this verse. Children of the day, we're not of the night, we're not of the darkness. Our job is to reflect that sun, God, back onto a dark world at night, okay? Now, I was in the, in the Marine Corps, and we used to do some what they call uh, special operations. Guess what we always avoided when we were doing night operations? <laughs> a full moon, yeah. Because you don't have to be in the military to understand that, hey, if we go at the full moon, you know, even Ron's going to be able to see us, right? Okay? <laughs> it, it's, I, 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 want, I want, you know, when it's down there waxing or waning at that uh, transition point, and when it's when maybe even the weather's not so good, okay? That's, that's how the children of darkness work, man. They like that darkness. They use that darkness. We are not of that. We need to be shining in the midst of this. And, and here's the thing that's cool about this. Let's, let's think about this in terms of an eclipse, okay? What's an eclipse? Okay? It actually can be two or three different things. Uh, say again. Right. It's the positioning of it, okay? But it's where the sun, moon, and the earth is in a, are in a position that shadows. So if you have a solar eclipse, okay, this is the sun. It's, the order of it is the sun, the moon, and the earth, okay? So this is a picture of a believer who is doing what, okay? Say again. Okay, sure, but if the sun's back here and the moon's here, then the moon's behind, I'm sorry, the sun's behind the moon with the earth here. So what is the moon actually doing? It's blocking the light. Now, there's a lot of us as Christians that sometimes we're blocking the light, because we're doing things in our own power instead of his. Because we're not keeping the lighthouse windows clean, our lives. We know what's right, but we choose to do what's wrong, right? We all deal with that. But the key, the key is not that that happens, because that's going to happen. The key is what do you do when that happens? Get yourself, yeah, get out of the way. Get the, get the glass clean. You know, you know the easiest way to get out of the way? Get down on your knees or your face before the Lord. Now I'm not blocking it, <laughs> right? Get myself clean. You know, don't ask for forgiveness. If you're saved here today, you, you understand? Now I'm looking. Everybody here claims to be saved, right? Okay. 
Why would you ask for forgiveness of something? Okay, you got to wonder something. All right. I don't need to ask for forgiveness. Why? I'm already forgiven. You're already forgiven. When Christ died on that cross, he died for how many of my sins? All of them. How many of them had happened 2,000 years ago? None. Okay? So what does he tell you and I to do as Christians in 1 John 9 and in, in uh, Proverbs chapter 28? Confess. Confess and forsake. If we confess our sins. You know, what we like to do is go in and throw ourselves on the mercy of the court because, you know, we're, we're used to that, right? I'm going to go in. I'm just throwing myself on the mercy of the court, you know, and I'm so sorry and, and, and please forgive me and, and, you know, I'll never do it again. And, and the judge is smarter than that, okay? Yeah. What he's looking for and what that getting clean thing is all about is I come in and I realize, oh, my gosh, I'm blocking the sun, I'm blocking God. My life is putrid. What am I doing? My windows are gross. God, I confess that you are right and I am wrong. I confess that my mind is lascivious right now. Okay? It's got lust going through it. I confess that there's pride in my heart. Guess what? You know why? Why he wants confession? He's the righteous judge. He already knows what's in your heart and in your mind. He already knows the truth. He saw it before you were born, before you did it. He wants you and I to agree with him on it so it can be dealt with. We can put it where it belongs and get it cleaned up, get out of the way so that we're not blocking the light of the glorious gospel trying to shine on the darkness of this world. Then you have a lunar eclipse. Now, this is where you have the sun, the earth, and the moon. And this picture is a believer who allows the world to get between the sun and the moon. In other words, between God and us. Okay? Because that happens way too often, doesn't it? A lunar eclipse. Here's the sun. The earth comes around and the moon's over here. It's a, a lunar eclipse. It pictures you and I allowing the world to get between us and God. Okay? He's in the fixed position. Okay? We're the ones that are not. And the world is not. He is always right here. Now, here's the thing. Making a mistake. Sin. I'm being nice here. Sin. We all do it. The key is, don't do it again. The key is, confess it, get it right. Realize, hey, I'm in the wrong place. I have allowed the world to get between me and God. I can't even see him. I know him, and I can't even see him right now. My eyes are just a mess, you know, because I've, I've, I've been looking at the world for so long. I've forgotten what God looks like. You say, well, I'll never forget that, man. He saved me, man. You don't know what he brought me out of. I don't have to know what he brought you out of. You don't know what he brought me out of. It's not the point. The point is, I need to be in the place that I'm supposed to be. 
so that that doesn't happen. And I put myself in, you know, how many times we have, oh, God, I just realized how bad this situation is, usually because I'm not getting what I wanted out of it in the first place. God, please get me out of this. You, you know what God always does? He always makes a way of escape. That's what he did through the resurrection, gave me that. He, there's always a way of escape. He says, man, heck, he says, the highway of the upright is to depart from evil. Leave. Get out of that. Yeah, but it's my girlfriend or it's this or that. So you're going to choose them over me. You think I can't deal with that? You think I can't do what needs to be done? First thing, we got to get you taken care of. The thing that you and I always forget is that until I am taken care of, I can't, God can't use me to affect anybody else in a good way. He can use me in an example of what not to do, what not to be. And that's not what he wants to do. That's not how he wants to use me. But I'm the one that put myself there. Get out of it. Yeah, but as long as you're yeah button, you're still going to be on the butt side. Okay? You follow me? That's just the way it is. You got to get out of that yeah but and just go. Because he is able to overcome all of that. Now, sometimes, we referenced this a little bit earlier, you see the sun and the moon up at the same time, right? That's kind of cool, right? When is that going to happen? What's that a picture of? I'm not sure if this is in your notes, but put, put it down if it isn't. It represents the millennium when the sun, God, Jesus Christ, and the church are both visible on this earth at the same time. We rule and reign with him for the thousand years. That's going to be a great time. But you know what? Remember, there's a whole lot of, you know, there's this thing called roles and responsibilities. I don't want to be a sweet sweeper for Christ in a millennium. If that's all I get, then okay. But I'd like to do more. Right? That's a cool picture to me. Every time I see it, man, I just think, I want to hear that trumpet right now, Lord, please. He's like, I know you do, but you're only thinking of yourself. And I'm like, yes, I am. <laughs> I just want out. He goes, I know you do. But remember, I've already gotten you out. You're already seated in heavenly places. So let's just take care of business, huh? And we'll do it on my timing. Okay, your timing is way better than mine. Okay, let's move quickly here. Uh, Revelation chapter 1. Run over there real quick. I'm going to run out of time here. Revelation chapter 1. Stars are another thing that we see back there in Genesis chapter 1. Sun, moon, and stars. Look at verse 20. Okay? Verse 20. Revelation 1.20. The mystery of the seven stars which thou sawest in my right hand and the seven golden candlesticks. Now, People try to interpret the Bible all the time, even though the Bible says it's of no private interpretation. We'll take a look at that next week a little bit, okay? Um, but if you just look, remember my own personal principle I gave you guys that overrides everything? You may remember it. Okay, close. 
No, it's, before you try to determine what is being said or, or, or what it means, what you just read, read what it says. Don't try to figure out what it means until you've read what it says very clearly. Break that sentence down. Look at it very clearly. Because a lot of times we read through and we read what we think it says. We all do that. That's why you can take, have you ever taken a paragraph, put one word at the beginning of the sentence and one at the end, and you do that for the entire paragraph? Do you know your mind will fill in most of those blanks? That's what it does. But here's the problem. This mind is wicked. This mind is, is carnally minded. This mind is not the word of God. Now, I need to replace this mind with this mind, but this mind is still here. Okay? So, I need to look at the word of God. Now, what's cool, there are some places where it's like, look, forget trying to interpret and what does this mean? Because look what he says. I mean, sometimes, just again, if you just read what it says, the mystery of the seven stars which thou sawest in my right hand and the seven golden candlesticks, period. The seven stars are. <laughs> this is really simple, if you can read, right? Or listen even. The seven stars are the angels of the seven churches. And the seven candlesticks which thou sawest are the seven churches. There is nothing to interpret here. There's only something to believe or reject. God, I believe you. Or God, I don't believe you. That, that's it. That's, that's all you have to do. It's pretty simple. It's like being a child, right? Kids have the easiest job in the world. All you got to do is do what mom and dad say. And your room and board and clothes and roof over everything is taken care of for you. The way it works for God. Now, stars, very clearly a picture of angels. Look at chapter 12 here in Revelation. Revelation 12, look at verse 4. This whole chapter here, the emphasis is on the person of Satan in this particular chapter. There's a lot going on in the book of Revelation. It's a hard book to believe, but it's a very easy book to understand if you believe what he says and read what he says. In verse 4 he says, And his tail drew the third part of the stars of heaven, and did cast them to the earth. And the dragon stood before the woman, which was ready to be delivered, for to devour her child as soon as it was born. Now those stars that he drew to the earth, okay, who is he talking about, number one? Yeah. It's, we're talking about Satan here, the devil. And, the, and these stars he drew were that one-third of the angels, Okay. Um, I'm not going to go through a lot of these others, but let me give you these if you don't have them in your notes. Genesis chapter 15, verses 5 to 6. Do you have that? Okay. Um, Genesis 22, 15 to 18. Do you have that? And 1 Corinthians 15, verses 39 to 48. Okay, or 49. Okay. Number four, trees and plants are illustrations of people and nations. Look at John chapter 15. John chapter 15. Start in verse 4. And we're going to move a little quick here. Unlike me trying to turn pages. 
Okay, John 15, verses 4 and 5. Abide in me and I in you, Jesus speaking, as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself except it abide in the vine, no more can ye except ye abide in me. I am the vine, ye are the branches. He that abideth in me and I in him, the same bringeth forth much fruit, for without me ye can do nothing. The vine represents who? Jesus Christ. Very simple, very plain, right? Okay, so that's an easy one to see. Uh, in Romans chapter 11, go over there. Romans chapter 11, and in verse 17, I'll read for you. Romans eleven seventeen, 17, and if some of the branches be broken off, and thou being a wild olive tree, wert grafted in amongst them, and with them partakest of the root and fatness of the olive tree. Now, I mentioned this a little bit earlier, Romans chapter 9, 10, and 11. This chapter in particular, God's state with Israel, his position with Israel is clearly seen in the church age. And he's talking about the fact that we are grafted in. We're the wild olive branch grafted in to the olive tree. Say so what? Yeah, we, the wild, the saved Gentiles, sa saved people. Because remember, there's Jew, Gentile, and church. In Christ, there is no Jew or Gentile. So when you're talking about the wild olive branch, you're talking about the church. And we're grafted into the olive branch, the olive vine, the olive tree, which is Israel, okay? Uh, and that's laid out through here if you go back and, and read through it, and he talks about it quite a bit. Um, the fig tree also represents the nation of Israel. Do you have uh, Matthew 24 there, verse 32, along with Revelation uh, 6, 13? Okay, excellent. Uh, the other things that we see, and, and we're just going to talk about these real fast, the ox represents the Christian, and, and this is seen again in in uh, Malachi, and you guys have all these verses. You have a bunch of verses right there that you can see. Yes, no? Yeah, okay. So, A, the ox represents Christians. B, dogs represent Gentiles. Seen over there in Matthew chapter 15, like you're talking about Gentiles in particular. Um, C, dove represents Holy Spirit, okay, Holy Ghost. In particular, there in Matthew 3.16 and John 1.32. Serpent represents who? Satan and demons or devils, uh, if you will. We say demons. It's uh, kind of a transliteration. Uh, that word never actually shows up in your Bible. But the word devils does. And that's what we're talking about when we say demons. So Satan and demons or devils. In Genesis 3.1, Revelation 12.9, and Revelation 20, verse 2. Okay. Uh, e, echo, is that up there? Can you guys see this? I just realized I'm, this is how with it I am. The lamb represents Christ or Christians. It can be both. It's usually Christ, but sometimes also Christians, seen in John chapter 1, verse 29 uh, and 36, and Hebrews 13, 20, uh, and many other places as well. All of these have, these are not the only places you'll see this. And again, as I've, I've said many times, as you're reading daily, watch for these things. Take these principles and put them into practice, okay? If you, put, if you, if you see them, now you can start to apply them. You, you recognize them, and you can actually enjoy the fruit thereof. A lost man, this is F, lost man is often represented by an ass in the Bible, okay? An ass. 
Job chapter 11, verse 22 shows that, as well as um, several other places, actually, in the books of the Kings. Now, it does indeed. But, you know, I, I always said, hey, you know, if, if God can take an ass, as he did with King Saul, and talk, make him talk, well, then it's no big thing for me to stand up and talk to others. I just make, need to make sure it's God's words coming through there, okay? So that is the principle of understanding the supernatural in the natural. It is a great thing. It's a beautiful thing. If, if, you, if you will take these principles and, and apply them, if you'll take it, and let me, let me just tell you an easy way to do this. I used to do this with my kids and to teach them the Bible when they were very young, okay? When you're watching TV, everybody here watches TV, right? Okay. Or movies or cartoons. I still like cartoons. I'm strange, but I like cartoons. Man, do you know, I, I taught my kids a lot of Bible, watching cartoons with them when they were little. It's all in there, man. They can't get away from that. Use it. Look for it. In fact, we did a thing at, at my church in Arizona. Uh, we had a, a youth ministry called the Red Pill from the Matrix. You know, take the blue pill, go back to ignorance, or take the red pill and see how far down the rabbit hole you go. Because people are like, oh, you don't understand things as a Christian. I'm like... No, you don't understand things being a lost person. Because if you have this Bible, you're going to go further down the rabbit hole than any, anybody could even imagine. There's, there are more things in here than you can ever believe until you get to heaven. And if you do, you take that red pill and you, you take a movie. And, and it started in one of my Bible studies and, and where I was talking about this very thing, seeing... God and everything, seeing, looking through the lens of the Bible, you can see him in everything and anything. And they're like, well, what about a movie like, I said, okay. So we just, I took a, I had these big whiteboards. And I said, okay, tell me all the main things going on. And what about this, what about that? And then we just started laying out. And they just were like, oh my gosh, I never saw that. One of the folks in that Bible study was Luke Fleshman. You know what they're doing now with the youth? They're doing a red pill every month or so where they sit down and watch a movie and then pick out the Bible in it. It's fun. You see more, I, 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 and we'll close up with this. It, it's one of those things, you know, in, in Psalms 119, verses 99 and 100, I'm going to paraphrase, but he says, man, I will make you wiser than your teachers. I'll make you wiser than the ancients if you just walk with me if you just get my mind you don't have to be a rocket i had a rocket scientist in my church so i because i used to always say you don't have to be a rocket scientist and, well we have a rocket scientist okay so you don't have to be bill is his name okay all you have to do is have a bible and believe it read it believe it apply it you got to do those things you got to read it and you're not going to get it you got to believe it or you're wasting your time if you don't apply it, you're wasting God's time. You're probably hurting the body of Christ. You got to read it, man. You got to believe it. You got to apply it. Those things have to happen for it to change. And when you do that, when you take the Bible and use it as the lens to look at everything. First time we saw a movie called Stargate. Anybody seen that movie? 
right? Great movie. There's Bible all over that thing, man. I'll never forget. It's back. This is 35 years ago, probably. And and my wife Lisa and I went, and we took Jason. We didn't have the girls yet, and we went to Lee Summit. And they had a fourplex there over on 291. Um, you remember? You know, now there's there was no Walmart back there back then out there or anything. And we went there and we watched this movie because we're like, oh, this sounds good. And we're just like, oh, okay, this is going to happen. Oh, this is that. And we came out of that movie and my son said, Mom, Dad, how did you know what was going to happen all the time? We said, Jason, everything is in the Bible. And when you look at, the, look at it through the Bible, you see things clearer than the people who made it. And it's fun. Now, that's just a movie. Imagine what it'll do in your life if you do that. You'll learn to be wise and smart. You know, the wise man seeth the evil and stays away from it, Proverbs says. But the simple pass on or destroyed. That's what it does for you. Read it, believe it, apply it. Simple to say, takes a lot of effort, takes will, takes, I want to do this, but I know the Bible says that. It's a choice. Every day, all day, right? Just like Alcoholics Anonymous, it's a choice. Every day, all day. Every time you see somebody like that, they got their three-month chip or their year chip, whatever, and you're thinking, oh, I'm glad I never did that. Just remember, you are already that. You and I both. We're all drunk on this world, man. We're all drunk of ourselves. And every day, I got to choose. Don't drink from that cup. Choose him. Amen? Okay, let's pray. Father, we pray.